This is 102.3 WHIV and Resistance Radio is getting started in just one quick second. Before we get started, let me remind you all that WHIV is community radio dedicated to human rights and social justice. We are a... uh, we uh, have uh, quality uh, programming, uh, and uh, and we do this with your support. So please consider becoming a member of WHIV by setting up monthly donations at whivfm.org. It's uh, communities like ours uh, that uh, stand together uh, to provide quality programming uh, uh, all over New Orleans. And as you guys heard, uh, we were featured in a book, <laughs> which is awesome. So anyway, Resistance Radio starts right now. Right now, uh, and it is not starting, so uh, let's see if we can do this again. Resistance Radio should be starting right now. Where are you, Resistance Radio? Go ahead, Kenny. Hang on. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. It's totally deserved. It's fine. There's, it, it's there you there. go. When machines and computers, profit motives and property rights are considered more important than people. The giant triplets of racism, extreme materialism, and militarism are incapable of being conquered. George Bush doesn't care about black people. They have a Black History Month, but we don't have a White History Month. Well, all we've ever been taught is white history. If it was not for the love and respect shown to me by black women, those right-wing, ultra-conservative, alt-right haters, they would have me believe I'm too black, I'm too confrontational, I'm too tough, and I'm too disrespectful of them. But now, I know I'm simply a strong black woman. We're in a time where corporations are treated like people and people are treated like things. They promote legislation that attacks voting rights, the poor, LGBT citizens, the immigrant community, and civil rights that are lewd, mean-spirited, and fundamentally contrary to what our democracy is supposed to be about. What is bad is not what they are doing what would be bad is for us not to fight back hey ho let's go this is 102.3 whivlp you are listening to resistance radio we are proudly streaming live on 12:30 a.m wbok my name is mark allen with me is looking 
back to being debonair and suave. Uh, his casualness uh, has uh, has apparently relaxed a little bit. Oh, uh, nice work. Yeah, back to work. Uh, looking handsome as always. Uh, is uh, one of my very closest friends. Also one of the founding members of Indivisible NOLA is Kenny Francis. I oftentimes will introduce him as being uh, one of the smartest political minds, uh, certainly in the state of Louisiana, but I'm going to refrain on doing that today because our two guests today are without question, I think. Absolutely. Uh, far better political smart minds uh, than either one of us, and we'll get to introducing those guests in a quick second. But Kenny? Yeah, we, so we have a couple of announcements. Um, so I'm going to start with one that's relevant, to, that's most relevant to the show. It's that I'm going to apologize in advance for listeners that listen every week because they're going to be a little bit sad that Mark Allen and I are going to be taking a little bit of a break. Um, it's June and his travel and summer and things going on. Um, and so this is actually going to be our only show for the month of June. We will be back in July after the, after the holiday. Um, and so this is your only like new content you're going to get from us this month. But you can find this episode and all other episodes of our show and this podcast by searching Resistance Radio New Orleans, either in iTunes or in Google Play or on Spotify. Um, and then if you're a listener that listens on the station, we are going to be playing some of our some of the better episodes. Um, one of the ones that I will recommend that Mark Allen puts on the list is the one that we did on marginal tax rates. Um, so if you have any Republican friends, like make sure they listen because they still don't understand what marginal tax rates are. Um, but yes, that was a good explanation, and I think that folks should listen to that one. But we're going to have a couple of um, old episodes playing for the next couple of weeks, and we'll be back the week of the 8th after this week. The second announcement I have is an announcement I want to make on behalf of an organization that Mark Allen usually introduces me as part of. I am one of the steering committee members of Indivisible New Orleans, which is a local progressive grassroots activism group. Um, and something that we do very rarely, um, for a lot of reasons, um, is endorse candidates. And we have decided to endorse a candidate in one of our, in a local race. So something that you guys have definitely heard me talk about before, and Mark Allen has definitely talked about before, is that we have a unique opportunity right now that's about to happen in the state of Louisiana, where 40% of our state legislature is term limited and cannot run for re-election. Bye-bye. And there is a currently a majority of the GOP, of the Republicans, in the House and in the Senate. And we there's a real opportunity here for folks who do not believe in the values that they believe in to overturn that. Um, or at the very least, to bring down their, their majority from a place where they can continue to just pass these abhorrent bills um, and stop progress in Louisiana. And us at Indivisible NOLA, we want to do our part in that. In New Orleans, there are six seats that represent in the, in the House of Representatives of Louisiana that represent New Orleans. Five of them, to be frank, are always guaranteed to be Democratic and have been consistently Democratic for decades. One of them has been Republican for a while. It's the House seat for District 94. Um, District 94, and the candidate in the moment will introduce it more herself, but District 94, just like vaguely, is parts of Mid-City, parts of Metairie, um, all of Lakeview and that whole area. Um, and we've decided to jump into this race and to do everything that we can to get rid of the current incumbent. The current incumbent is a Republican named Stephanie Hilferty. Bye-bye. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about her in a second. Um, and I'm actually just going to read our, our endorsement. But, and also, before you yeah. do that, also let me just say, what was the candidate's name? Stephanie Hilferty. 
uh, Miss Stephanie, if you're listening Absolutely. or any of your representatives are listening, I was uh, say that. Uh, please, uh, you are welcome to WHIV. You're welcome on to Resistance Radio anytime. Uh, and also please recognize that the, the opinions that are stated here on Resistance Radio are in no way reflective of the board of directors for NOCEDA or for uh, WHIV. And one more. Um, there's another person in the race. Um, I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Williamson. There's another Republican, yes. Williamson. Williamson. You're, uh, Williamson, you're also invited to come please, on the show at please. any time. We, we would, would love... love Yes, we would, I would love love that right. so much. Like, um, as much as you're a great doctor, I would I would love I would love that. Right. Um, so I'm just going to read this brief statement that Indivisible is actually going to be releasing tomorrow morning to okay. announce our endorsement. Um, it goes like this: Indivisible New, Orleans, Indivisible New Orleans was founded after the 2016 election to protect and defend what binds us together as New Orleanians. Louisianans and Americans open to people of all political backgrounds. Indivisible New Orleans is dedicated to fighting the regressive and divisive policies of Donald Trump and his supporters. We believe that they pose a grave threat to our democracy, our freedom, our future, and our most fundamental values. We stand for progress for all people for the challenges we're facing today and in the years ahead, which is why we're endorsing Dr. Tammy Savoy to be the next representative from New Orleans district 94. The elections happening over the next 18 months are going to decide what our state and our country look like for decades. In just this current legislative session alone, our GOP-controlled legislature has passed one of the most restrictive abortion bans in the country, refused to raise the minimum wage despite 80% of Louisiana citizens supporting the increase, refused to give women equal pay for equal work, refused to give local governments self-determining rights over their municipalities, refused to provide early childhood and K-12 education with desperately needed funding. And under our GOP control, our state has continued to rank near dead last in all relevant metrics of community wellness and at the top of the list of societal risk factors. Put simply, this has been an all-out attack on people of color, LGBTQ folks, women, working-class Louisianans, and our children. Representative Republican Stephanie Hilferty has walked hand-in-hand on every single vote with her GOP colleagues to restrict the rights of women and keep direly needed resources from our children and families while claiming to stand for, quote, family values. It's past time for change. It's past time we had a representative from District 94 that represents the values of inclusion, equity, and fairness. We deserve a representative that isn't simply pro-birth who truly cares for children and the women that bring them into this world, including those women's rights to bodily autonomy. We deserve a representative who believes that corporations making massive profits should pay their fair share. We deserve a representative for all of us, which is why we believe that Dr. Tammy Savoy is that representative. Along with our partners at Sister District NOLA, we could not be more enthusiastic to announce our endorsement of her to be the next representative of District 94 and we hope that all of you guys will do will join us in doing everything we can to ensure that Dr. Savoy and Democrats across the state overturn the GOP majority this fall. And actually, your first chance to do so is coming up. Um, I get to announce this before anyone else does. Next Wednesday, that's Wednesday, June 12th, we're going to be co-hosting a meet and greet and fundraiser for Dr. Savoy at Second Line Brewery. Um, and you're gonna, there'll be more information on Facebook. And with that, I would like to introduce our first guest for today. Dr. Tammy Savoy. Thank you for joining us, Dr. Savoy. <laughs> God, you're so corny. Uh, I am so privileged to be here this evening, and I want to thank y'all for the endorsement um, from Indivisible NOLA and from uh, Sister District. It's just truly an honor, and I'm so excited about next Wednesday. So everybody, please come on out. 
Um, I want to I want to tell y'all all of those things that Kenny mentioned. That's he said. Well, why are you running? That's why I am running because. Uh, Louisiana, you know, in addition to be at the bottom of the list of all of the all of the list, we are the worst place in this country for women to live. And I believe that our incumbent has done nothing, has shown no leadership in the area to to help women rise above the um, the plight that they're in in Louisiana. And it's a pretty bad plight. So um, that's what that's one of the main reasons that I'm running. First of all, we need leadership in District 94, proven leadership. And we haven't had that. Um, I don't know that we've ever ever had it in District 94. So we need representation as well. I think that people in 94 are moderates. They want effective and efficient government. So in addition to, I've, I've divided why I'm running up into three different areas, per se. One is local issues, like the things that we all care about. These are bipartisan issues, or they're nonpartisan issues, water management, infrastructure, our education in schools, making sure the levees are strong and they're not going to breach in, in case we have a hurricane, crime and safety, um, our business and economic development in our city. So I know a lot of people are concerned about development of Lakeshore Drive and the West End and the East End, and we're concerned about Bucktown development. All of these things or really tantamount to what a representative has to do. And I'm going to work ferociously for those issues. A healthy business community is a healthy community, and we want to make sure that we are supporting our community leaders and making sure that our communities thrive. That's, that's the first thing, our local issues. And then we have all of the social issues that Kenny just mentioned, um, which our current legislator uh, has failed in, in every respect. Economic prosperity for everyone, a livable wage, pay equity, pay transparency, the unleash local, letting us in New Orleans and Jefferson say what our minimum wage should be. How do we stem uh, the gun violence? We should have some control over that. We have none right now. Health care and Medicaid expansion. We want to make sure that if we get more Republicans in, that we do not lose so many so many benefits that we have gotten since Governor Edwards has come in, like Medicaid expansion and uh, things like that. Now, on the other hand, we need to do something to preserve women's reproductive rights. And we cannot go on with the draconian measures that were just passed. And not only did Stephanie Hilferty vote for the six-week uh, abortion ban, but she also voted against any exceptions for rape or incest. So that, you know, if a 13-year-old is raped and is impregnated, she must, she must carry that, that fetus to term. And in addition to that, she will have no um, support from the rapist because he, if, if he goes to jail, he's not required to pay child support or anything like that. So, um, and, and then he has, he has the option to file for, you know, um, uh, leniency and clemency to get out of jail early, good behavior, all of that. And this young child, her life is forever changed. The brutality of the act, the brutality of, he- of her having to carry a pregnancy to term and what that does to her life, her body, is just 
it's cruel and, and unjust, and it, it is just callous what the Republicans have done to women in this, in this state. And, so, and let me just also just go ahead. sorry. Go let ahead. me first let me say that if you're tuned in, you are listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is Resistance Radio. My name is Mark Allendary, and that's Kenny Francis. Let me just kind of interject real quickly here uh, and just say that yes, the Republicans have done this, but I just also want to make oh, very yes. clear I'm that sorry, yes. that Katri- is it Katrina Jackson? Yes, yeah, it is. Katrina. Uh, and a then Democrat. right, and then also I just want to be very clear about this that John Bell Edwards uh, is a is a Democrat and uh, and he's bucking against the national trend of what other Democrats, uh, certainly na- on the national uh, field, are, are contemplating or considering with respect to uh, to abortion and abortion care. So I, I just wanted to put that out there. And, and, and I wanted to see how, how would you, uh, as a state representative then, how would you be interacting with a, a governor? Let's say the governor also wins re-election. I yeah. presume that this was a political maneuvering on, on his part. Mm-hmm. How does one manage something like that okay so we have to go in first of all and it, it hopefully if we win the, the state legislature then we can vote to overturn this uh awful awful bill and we can so do that's, that. a, that's a sign of uh, yeah there's, so, a, there's hope there <laughs> i mean i don't want to okay so i was going to say this for later but i don't i like i you made that point so now i have to make this point um i think something i then must be said that's a reality in this conversation is that one um and again I think it's very obvious what my own personal beliefs are. Like I believe I'm in pro-choice. Um, one, like anti-abortion and the bill polls at like 67% of the state. I think something we consistently forget is that outside of New Orleans, people don't really disagree with this. Like 67% of the state like agrees with this. One. Two, you said that it's a political ploy by the governor, which, okay, there's one view to see that. But like here's the reality. The reality of it is that there is a worse bill already on the books in Louisiana from 2006 that said that – Abortion would be outright trigger, illegal from all right. – from forget yeah. about six weeks. Abortion would be straight yeah. up illegal the moment that – let me finish. That Roe that wrote, that wrote got – and in, 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 in the event that Roe is repealed, that we already have a law in the books that says that, that abortion would be outright at all, in any case, illegal in Louisiana. This – let's be very clear about what the purpose of this bill was. The yeah. purpose of this bill – it's a duplicative bill that's never going to make it to SCOTUS. It's not going to be the one that goes to SCOTUS. It's going to be the Alabama or the Georgia one that goes to SCOTUS. So you, at home you might be thinking, so then what's the point of this bill? The point of this bill is it's simply a – I'll say it's brilliant. It's dastardly, but it's a brilliant power play by the Republicans. The Republicans brought this in an election year on purpose because what they have done, and they've done it successfully if you look at social media, is they have turned this legislative race, these legislative races and the governor's race into one issue. It is people who are pro-life and people who are pro-choice. We are not voting on anything else in Louisiana in the next six months. And I would encourage everyone listening to please not fall for this and realize what is actually happening here. What is happening here is the Republicans are distracting from all the awful things that they have been doing in the legislature for the last 10 years and making this simply a, a, is Louisiana pro-life or pro-choice? That's all they're doing here. So let's not That's focus it. on that. That is it. That's the only purpose of this bill is to put John Bell Edwards in this position where he had to either sign it and lose some part of his bill, base or not sign it and lose another part of his base. The reality of it is he's been pro he's been pro life since like two thousand two no, when he first ran. And we voted for him like three times. Understood. And we so, the last half hour we're gonna have more time fair. on okay. all of this. I just so. I just had the I, that's, I had that's the fine. I, I that's fine. 
Yeah, and, please, Doctor Savoy. And that's the thing we don't want to, because John Bell has done some other really good things that we want him back in office for. So I mean, he expanded that, med, he expanded yes. Medicaid on right. on on day one, exactly, uh, and which uh, have never obvi- happened. Uh, obviously, we were just talking about. <laughs> where um, so you're gonna we're gonna have a chance to talk about this bill, but what I want to yes, talk we're gonna about, talk about this bill is detail. that we cannot make this a one issue race for Democrats because. We need to change. Democrats cannot stay home. We need to change the legislature so that we can get in and also win the rest of these issues that we're talking about. This is the th- these are the bills that the Republicans have held up. Equal pay for women, two bills, the minimum wage bill, the bill to correct wage discrimination and eliminate pay secrecy, the important reproportionment or redistricting transparency act, the bill that allows teachers to understand and respond better to grievances against them, the bill that assigns prisoners to their former residences upon release for the purposes of redistricting, and the bill that would register all citizens to vote when they receive or renew their driver's license. Republicans don't want that because that means that then the Democrats are going to have more registered voters, and they are doing everything they can to block all of these bills. So what we really need is to say, look, we want to maintain, we need a legislature that is going to support the really progressive ideas that John Bell has and implement those things. And then we can work on women's, we can also, in addition to that, we will work and work on work on women's reproductive rights. And that's not just this uh, draconian abortion bill, but it's also making sure that we have comprehensive sex education for our children, contraception available, accessible, affordable for all women. We have to work on maternal mortality rates and infant mortality rates. You know, we talk about, you know, um, not uh, end, ending a fetus's life, but we don't talk about the fact that our maternal mortality rates, we have women dying on the delivery table, and Republicans don't like to talk about that. So we don't really care about women's health. We just want them, and if they die having a baby, that's just okay. We have had no leadership from the legislature at all on that particular issue. We need to have leadership on that and how we can fight that with prenatal care from the beginning. The same thing with our infant mortality rate. We have babies dying uh, when they're born, six months, you know, six months after they're born, up to a year. We have one of the highest rates in the country. No leadership on that at all. Nothing towards prenatal care, postnatal care, and yet we are obsessed with um, this Women's banning abortion. I find it yes. fascinating that a state that ranks 50th in child wellness talks about being pro-life. I find that yeah, fascinating. It, it's well, crazy. I find that fascinating. We, we do nothing, and there's no leadership in our legislature so, on this. J- None at all. Yeah, I, I think we. I think the day that the, the, I think we were doing uh, a movement Monday. So we. This is the first time we're actually having time to talk about this. But just to be clear, also that the the day that Dor- the Georgia uh, uh, the governor of Georgia she signed. Uh, no, no, no. It was, no, a, it was Alabama. It was he, right? It was the Alabama. Alabama is she. She. Yeah. So the the when Alabama signed that when she signed it. That night, they executed a prisoner. Yeah. And then they executed a prisoner the next night. Yeah. This, so, this right, has never been so this about is not pro-life. Life. This is obviously, obviously, it's about controlling never uh, it's very women much a control and controlling issue. communities of color. Absolutely. Yes. So, uh, just um, I, we have just a couple minutes left. I, you know, here we're very hyper-local. Um, and uh, some of the things that we, we, Kenny and I, have been really obsessed with this whole idea of fair share. You actually used the word fair share uh, as you were describing. So, uh, we've talked a lot about fair share and what uh, Mayor Cantor 
Trails campaign is uh, for fair share, and uh, she did a really her first first year in office did an amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, she was able to pass a few bills that's going to probably net somewhere around two hundred million dollars to New Orleans for infrastructure uh, over five and, years. Just uh, to be clear about that, right? Over five years, and so which is fantastic, which right. is amazing, right? But then you know, of course, when you read NOLA.com, I think we talked about, it, or I think I think it was the time I, I, maybe it was you read NOLA.com and Tim Morris and Tim Morris. Tim I Morris. would love for you to come on air, dude. I know you don't have a job anymore, and so if you, I don't know if you're at the Advocate or anything, but uh, please come and I want to talk. Talk about that article that you wrote about the mayor, because uh, I thought it was really biased, and you didn't actually. And I would love to go point by point uh, uh, of the things that you said, because one thing that you didn't actually talk about was any of the stuff that she did with fair share. You have a red so, pen? Um, I, I do. I can pull out a red pen. Yeah, I can pull out. Anyway, Doctor Subway, can you talk to us a bit about your kind of what fair share is for you, and what you would be doing to help the mayor? Uh, uh, from I would a do anything I, I can to help the mayor, because you know New Orleans is a strap, a cash strap city. But it is a city that contributes the majority of funds to Louisiana, uh, to the state government. <laughs> yeah, to okay? say the least. Yeah, to, <laughs> yeah, to say the least. And so um, we have tons of tourists come in, and they use uh, – and, and that money – that money is taxed, and it goes to the state, and it goes to different um, in industries. It doesn't really come uh, – a meager portion comes back to the city. But yet these tourists and everybody from in the state that come to New Orleans, they use our roads. They use our water system. They use our emergency services. They use our fire departments, our police. And, and yet we don't, have, we don't get the tax revenue and the benefit from all those services that we provide to everyone else. So as a result, our roads are bad. Um, our police force are not paid appropriately, and uh, they're strapped for resources as well, uh, as well as all of our um, public services. And it's just not fair. So whatever we can do to return some of that tax money to, to New Orleans so that we can um, provide better services and, you know, draw and you know, make sure that our crime rate stays low and, and do everything we need to do to provide services to, to the citizens of New Orleans who graciously open their doors to all of the tourists that come in, to all of the tourists and visitors that come in, to all of the conventioneers that come here for conferences all the time. People love having conferences in this city, to all of the festival goers, and from everyone around the state that loves to take a trip down to New Orleans. These are the people that, you know, we love having y'all, but, you know, we need some help down here. <laughs> We really do. And so, pay your fair share. Yeah. That, visit, visit, they, visit, they, visit New Orleans and then pay taxes. No, no, they do. Know, they do. We just get 10%. They do. We they just get, don't we get, just didn't get we it. We just don't right. get it. it know, and yeah, the state gets it. Then it also goes to the industry, to the yeah. tourist industry, which doesn't pay their fair share. They, they just make money off of us, and they make money off of us, and they do not give I wanna, back. I want to point out one thing since you brought it up. Um, Steve Perry, if you're out there listening. Yeah, um, Steve Perry. We'd love to have you on. We, first of all, we'd love to have you on because I would love to talk to you, Steve Perry, about how you claim that you need all this money that you guys are sitting on in reserve to the tune of over $200 million. The convention center is giving up almost $30 million from their reserve to pump into the, the mayor's fair share deal. And they're going to have over $180 million still left. But, but apparently they need the money yeah, some, for, for something. Yeah, I would love for Steve Perry to come yeah. talk to us about which, what yeah, you doing, right. Steve? Kenny, yeah. and real quickly, just it just real yes. quickly, one sentence. T- remind us when all of the tax tourist tax dollars oh, yeah. started to ha- uh, leave New Orleans. When did, it, when did New Orleans first elect a black mayor? 
oh wait, it was the same time that the tax dedication started flowing the money out of the city. What? I wonder if there's a correlation there. That a Louisiana (laughs) legislature that was unhappy that the majority black city that makes all the money all of a sudden elected a black person, (gasps) and then now they changed it so that all of the money leaves the city, and then that person doesn't have control of the money. Right. I wonder if that had anything to do with each other. I, I wonder if that could be a case definition of structural racism exactly. and structural poverty right there. I know that we're, we're just out of time for Dr. Savoy. Um, so I do, I do want to wrap this up by saying something very briefly that like – I think something that if you're listening, you might have noticed, which I definitely noticed because it's, it's one of the first things I noticed about her when I first met her last year is that she didn't say anything about herself. Like this is like who she is. <laughs> She's like purely about the issues. She's like jumps in, jumps into the weeds. And like as a, as a policy wonk myself, like it's, it's something that – it's refreshing to see a politician that like wants to talk about issues. Like that's kind of a weird thing. Right. And so I'm going to very briefly before you go tell folks because I'm sure folks are like, "Who's this lady?" Sure, I'm sure you do. Um, so Dr. Savoy is originally from New Orleans. She was raised in Jefferson Parish. She has four siblings. She went to Dominican High School and then she joined the Air National Guard. Served for 15 years. Um, she worked on her bachelor's and a master's degree in psychology while she was there. She got it from U- she got both of those from UNO. She then went on and got a PhD in clinical psychology from um, Emory, hence Dr. Savoy. She was then commissioned into the Air Force as a captain and served in various roles of leadership and distinction until eventually she retired as lieutenant colonel. Um, last year she ran against Steve Scalise, and now this year she's running against Stephanie Hilfiger and will hopefully be the representative from District 94 come November. Thank you so much, Kenny. I, I appreciate that, but I want to say one thing. Okay, look, I outlined three issues, the local issues, the social issues, and the third issue is threats to our democracy. Yeah, and, and that right. means um, <laughs> gerrymandering, fair boundaries, yeah. and redistricting. That is essential. We need a new Congress because this is another thing they shot down in the legislature, and that is to have an independent commission redraw our districts after yeah, right. we have the census, okay? So we need that. We also need local campaign finance reform. And the other thing that is a threat to our democracy is a threat to our existence and existential threat is climate change and what we're doing on a state level, a local level, and an individual level and how we are holding these companies that come in here and destroy our lands, use Louisiana as a toxic waste dumping ground. We have to stop that. That is a threat. And so all of these things are threats to our democracy and we need leadership in the legislation in the legislature that we don't have right now. And I'm going to tackle all three of those things, the local issues, the social issues, and the threats to our democracy. I will fight ferociously for you and to tackle these issues and make a difference. So thank you so much for listening to me. Thanks for Kenny. coming. That's right. Doctor, <laughs> Doctor Derry. Doctor Derry, thank you so much for Thanks having for coming me on. on. Yeah, and then Doctor Savoy, oh, if I could just yes. add one more quick thing. Um, I think journalism, and I think the need to protect uh, journalism we, yes. is something that we're going to talk Absolutely. about at the end of this show. And the last thing I'll, I'll say before we let Doctor Savoy go is, um, you can find more information about yes, her at yes, her yes, campaign yes. website, which is www. Um, Tammy Savoy for 94.com. Um, if you're wondering how to spell Savoy, it's S A V O I E. Yeah, leave Louisiana Doctor, if you can't spell Savoy. Dr. Tammy Savoy 94. Tammy, and also f- on Facebook, Tammy Savoy for State Representative District 94. And again, uh, she also is at Tammy Savoy for LA. Um, and in a second, we're, and thank you so much, Dr. Savoy, for coming on. In a second, we're going to have our second amazing guest on. Um, 
we're going to have the executive director of the New Orleans Abortion Fund, Amy Irvin, to join us, who's actually one of, uh, she has her own show on WHIV, which is on, I never remember the days. Thursday from Thursday, 2 to 4. Thursday from 2 to 4. It's called Pro Frequency. It's called Pro Frequency. So you and can you can listen to Amy all the time. Well, actually, weekly, yeah. technically. <laughs> yeah, you're getting, an, you're getting applause, too, right now. And if you're wondering why there was extra applause there, uh, that's because Amy Irving has been an amazing uh, warrior, fighter. Um, I, 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 I just have nothing but the deepest and fondest respect for all the work uh, that, uh, that Amy has been doing. And, and I'm going to uh, shut up real quick before I do. Let me just say that you're listening to Resistance Radio. This is Mark Allendary. That's Kenny Francis. We just had on uh, Dr. Savoy. Uh, and you can find more information about her at uh, Tammy Savoy for uh, uh, state representative uh, for state legislation on Facebook, <laughs> District Number 94. <laughs> shut up. I don't have my notes. Uh, Amy Irving, who is the executive director of the New Orleans Abortion Fund, um, also has an amazing radio show on WHIV from Thursdays 2 to 4 called Pro Frequencies. Is also podcastable. Is it, are we podcasting it yet? Or? No, not yet, but definitely we're, beginning we, to we think about getting, that. We are getting to podcasting as well, so you're going to be able to download that. Um, if that voice uh, sounds familiar and if her name sounds familiar, it's because she has been all over <laughs> TV, social media, mm-hmm. and uh, newspapers for the amazing work uh, that she has been doing. So we're going to step aside and, and let Amy uh, do all the talking. I know you've been super busy, so thank you for taking some time to join us. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. I have to say it's a little odd being on this side of the table. (laughs) (laughs) I'm usually on that side of the table, peppering people with questions, (laughs) sharing abortion stories, and, of course, hanging out with DJ VJJ, who does the call-in show in the second hour. But thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Yes, it definitely has been a uh, tumultuous few weeks and a grueling uh, spring with this legislative session. I'm really honored to have to be following um, Tammy Savoy and I'm glad I was able to overhear some of the conversation and I'm glad she raised up so many of the issues and policies that were voted down, things that actually would make a difference for women and families in this state, including equal pay, minimum wage, all the things that we want and hope for in this state. Yeah. Um, before we continue on, I just wanted to see if you would read a quick uh, PSA for us. Oh. So this is uh, a Yay. PSA for... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so please, the New Orleans Abortion Fund's circus-themed second annual gala will be held on Saturday, June 8th from 6 to 8 p.m. at Propeller Incubator, located at 4035 Washington Avenue in New Orleans. This gathering is a both a fundraiser and a celebration of the phone funds many milestones and victories over the past year in the name of protecting reproductive rights in Louisiana. The New Orleans Abortion Fund is committed to defending reproductive rights and the ability to access safe and legal health care procedures. For more information, please visit www.neworleansabortionfund.org slash gala. Thank also you. Just give them all your money in general. <laughs> just like yes, give them all, give your, them money. all of your money. That's right. I all promise of- this will be a great gala circus theme. Yeah. I think more than 200 people attended last year. Yeah. And I'm really excited that um, WHIV is a sponsor. A sponsor. And um, 
And and also just to say that um, I also want to just maybe at one point point out uh, the the talk that I, so I was the I was a keynote speaker last year at the gala. Yes. And I know at one point I'm going to probably bring up a point that you and I that when we spoke on the phone last week sure. about some of the words that I said last uh, last year and and sure. how I thought they were so prescient. So, yeah. But I think we're going to step aside and let you just yeah. talk to us about what's been going Jump on. In. Sure. Well, start- thank you. I mean, I first of all, I just want to let uh, people know. Uh, who the New Orleans Abortion Fund is. I know that many of listeners probably do turn in, tune in to Pro Frequency and might be familiar with the New Orleans Abortion Fund, but just in case there's a few folks out there that don't know the work that we do, we provide financial assistance to people seeking abortion care here in South Louisiana. Um, that's because there are state and federal insurance bans on um, paying for abortion care, including um, the Hyde Amendment. Kind of like a Hyde Amendment, yes, is what I was going to say. that is on the federal level that really impacts people on Medicaid, but, but many others as well. Um, we've been doing this work since 2012 and have assisted more than 1,250 people um, with a financial pledge, and we coordinate that pledge with the clinics to ensure that that money is there to sort of offset um, their, their fees. You know, um, our when we began, our average pledge was $60, which we thought was a really fantastic amount of money um, and really just a drop in the bucket. Uh, yeah. We've, with the support of donors and um, community members, we now have an average pledge above about around $500, which is the cost of an early termination. But, of course, um, and an abortion here in uh, New Orleans begins at about five to six hundred dollars and can get increasingly more expensive as as um, people are forced to wait or come up with that money so we know that people are putting off paying rent they're buying fewer groceries they're pawning things they're pawning their possessions and they're asking friends and family for money to pay for what is um, safe and still legal abortion care health care here in in the state and so. in lots of other industrialized uh parts of the world is free yes. and, and, and easily accessible. Yes. I, I heard somebody say that, well, Israel has free abortion. Should we start banning Israel? You know, because Ooh, of their, easy there, right? Easy there, Mark Allen. <laughs> no, I'll jump right into that one. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, anyway. So yeah, I did a, an interview with a Norwegian television station and they were just shocked at the six week abortion ban that was making its way through the legislature and about to be signed by the governor. But also the amount of violence that is um, perpetrated uh, at the clinics. Um, mm-hmm. We, in addition to providing financial assistance, we have a very robust clinic escort program. More than 330 community members trained to be escorts. They take up sh- shifts each week, about two-hour shifts, and they provide that friendly face, that buffer between the protesters and the entry. Um, you'd be surprised Every nearly every day, there are protesters out there at the clinic harassing um, women who are seeking this care, and and also their friends and family. Um, the things that they that come out of their mouths would make your skin curl. I mean, it's uh, it's racist, it's sexist, it's misogynistic, it's it's harassment, and certainly um, we're seeing an increase in that sort of violence at the clinics. Um, the Feminist Majority Foundation uh, just issued its 2018 clinic violence survey, and this level or this increase of violence is happening across the country at clinics, um, harassment of both providers but clinic staff, and and honestly, our escorts are harassed as well. So um, I encourage people to check that out as well. That's um, 
it's an opportunity for people to volunteer, and it's a very popular opportunity because you really can kind of sign up as as you're able to. And more information can be found at at our website. NewOrleansAbortionFund.org. Yes. New All right. So, uh, and you can also give them all your money there. Yes. Yes. Give them all your money there. When you see donate. We all know that you're not paying for your Netflix. We all know that you're all not paying for your Netflix subscription. So that $15 that you don't give to Netflix because you use your mom's, give it to the New Orleans Abortion Fund. And I should say that, you know, in the last few weeks, as both the constitutional amendment banning abortion and abortion funding, as well as the six-week abortion ban, passed... Um, and signed into law that there's just been an outpouring of support from this community. People, uh, wait, bartenders who have given up their tips for the night, um, donating their tips. We had a burlesque dancer who gave up the proceeds uh, from her event, donated those proceeds. On Thursday night at Sydney's Night Church is a regular um, uh, group that, that uh, allows and supports uh, the New Orleans Abortion Fund through fundraisers. So um, the support in this community is great. Retro Clubhouse did it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Red Truck um, DSA group held a film over the weekend. Um, she's beautiful when she's angry and, and donates some money there too. So, um, you know, there is support for abortion access in this community and across the state. Um, last week, uh, we delivered to the governor some 400 handwritten postcards from people here in New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Lafayette, folks that were encouraging him not to sign this bill. They gave all kinds of reasons um, as to why they opposed it, everything from personal stories to that it's blatantly unconstitutional and he should uphold... uh, The Constitution. The Constitution. That we supposedly believe in. Yes, and also, you know, um, that, uh, you know... While he may have one particular viewpoint, a religious uh, faith sure, and viewpoint, sure. right. um, he shouldn't be imposing that of on course. everybody else. Yeah, yeah. Listen, if you uh, have a child or if you have a, a loved one and uh, you don't believe in abortion, great. No one is pushing abortion on you. Yeah. Don't don't push your beliefs on onto us. So tell me, tell us what's happening on a national level and how that's affo- uh, affecting us locally as well. Yeah, sure. So as we've been talking about on Pro Frequency. Um, these six-week abortion bans are a national strategy to undermine Roe. Uh, they have passed now, the six-week abortion ban has passed in Ohio, Kentucky, Mississippi, most recently in uh, Georgia, and, and now here in Louisiana. So Al- Alabama as well? Well, Alabama this wasn't... a different one. Uh, it wasn't actually a six-week abortion no. ban. It was, it was a different bill, but equally cruel and, and criminali- criminalizing women. Right. Um, but... Um, and all of these uh, offered by Alec, do we know or do we suspect? We suspect. Okay. I mean, and people, I think because this is happening on a national level, people are beginning to understand, like, wait, how is this happening? Right, <laughs> and Alec is the American Legislative Exchange Council. And let me remind you all that had their meeting last year here in New Orleans, and the keynote speaker was the governor, John Bell Edwards. Yeah. yeah. But in fact, this is a strategy that's actually been in place now for several years. I mean, in 2016, there were the D&E bans that you saw. Mm-hmm. D&E? Uh, dilation and extraction. It's the uh, uh, most uh, common form of abortion. For, form of abortion in the second trimester. Um, the 15-week ban that Senator Milkovich, the same Senator that Milkovich guy. of the six-week abortion, author of the six-week abortion ban. Um, this is the same guy that says that rape is God's will. Yes. So that's, well, that's, that's who that guy is. Yeah. Um, a Democrat from Shreveport area. Um, 
that it's huge, big air quotes. Yeah, huge right. air quotes. Yeah. yeah, and so I think the, the Shreveport area is more relevant than the fact <laughs> that he's a Democrat. Let's be honest. No, for real, for real. Let's be honest no, about the rest of the state. Because like yeah. I yeah. keep saying, is like yeah, I know right. that we are you're all right. utterly you're appalled right. in New Orleans, right. but it's and I am appalled that this is true. But sixty-seven percent of the state polls in favor of anti-abortion. And that's a it's a huge problem because like those people don't support Medicaid, those people don't support child support, those people don't support raising the minimum wage, and it's it's insanity. It's ins- and like we consistently say, and I know I don't have to explain to either of you, this has never been about pro life. This has yeah. never been about it because if pro life was ever the goal of any of this, then the states that are doing this would be the most progressive states in terms of like funding of course, for child welfare. Of course, no, but we look at we look at the funding across the board, even from early childhood care to K twelve to child health care, the whole thing. They don't give a damn about the kids once the kids are born, or even while the kids in utero. They just want to force you to have it. Right. Yes, exactly. And they want to burden you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, let's let's they, be honest they, about that's essentially what. So, like, I mean, now now that you got me here, now I'm all right. Like, yeah, let's be honest right. about what this is really about. What this is really about is about controlling women's bodies. Yes, it and is. And to be specific, this is about keeping poor women of color in poverty. Because here's the reality: exactly and disenfranchised. The, rea- the yes, reality of it yes. is it. The reality of it is if you are if you are white and have means, you're going to be able to fly to California or whoever else you can go to get a safe and legal abortion. It's the people, if women of color and poor women that are not going to be able to get abortions, particularly in Alabama where they can go to jail for that now. And wait, who can't vote again? Oh, wait, people that can't go to jail. And like, what does the electorate look like in Alabama? Oh, wait, there's a, dispro- there's a larger proportion of black people, particularly poor black people in Alabama. So what is this really about? This is really about controlling women's bodies and about keeping poor people and specifically poor women poor. And then to take it even further, because Alabama, Alabama is always extra, they want to also disenfranchise them on top of it. Yeah. That's what I this don't is know. really I mean, about. for seven years now, I've been going to Baton Rouge and testifying against these anti-choice bills. And in every testimony, I say that these bills are going to hurt the most marginalized people in our communities, women of color, low-income women, immigrant women, youth, um, and and... And it just regularly falls on deaf ear, deaf ears. Um, did you know that this was coming? I mean, I know that you. It, did you? I mean, I know. Like, I, I have taken a cynical view, and I have been more cynical about this. Uh, uh, and this is something that Kenny and I talk about. This is what, the one place where I'm a little bit more cynical than Kenny. Kenny's usually more cynical than I am. I think the system is utterly corrupt and broken. And you know, and to a large degree, I've stopped going to Baton Rouge to testify because I just don't feel like. It's it doesn't work. They don't listen. They've already made their their mind up, right? Maybe the last thing I, the last thing I did was medical marijuana because I felt like there was actually a, an opportunity there. But did you think last year that we would you would find yourself here this year? And and did you think that last year that the governor would would do what he did by signing the bill? I mean, last year I thought the fifteen week abortion ban was extreme, and I was at the luncheon at the Capitol hosted by the Federation of Democratic Women, and spoke directly with the governor and begged him not to sign that bill, that it was extreme. And he looked me dead in the eye and said I wasn't, that he wasn't going to do that and walked away. Every year... That he wasn't going to not sign it. it? Yeah. Got it, okay. That he wasn't going to veto it and walked away. Um, every year, I think, what can they possibly come yeah, up with? Worse. Yeah. What can they what can they possibly um, put forth? But again, as we saw this year, there were six anti-choice bills um, in the state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else was there? 
There were several others. Um, I don't know the bill names. We didn't work on them as hard, um, but there is one. There is one bill that passed that requires the clinics to keep uh, some of the the um, charts and the information on oh, patients so, for thirty years. Right, trap laws, basically. Yeah, they're they're all trap laws. They're right. they're laws that regulate clinics. Uh, Can you explain what a trap law is? Because I'm sure folks don't. Yeah, I, I I know we know, but like yeah, it's target regulated abortion. I forget what the P stands for, but essentially these are yeah. these are incredibly highly regulated. Uh, these are laws that highly regulate uh, uh, clinics that are just abor- provide abortion services, not same day surgeries or any other hospitals or anything else. It's actually simpler than we thought it was. It's targeted restrictions on abortion providers. Yeah, Trap there you laws. go. I'm sorry. I was I did another interview and couldn't remember the word pro-choice. That's how <laughs> fr- fried my brain is. <laughs> okay. And this is why you got an extra long applause when we yeah. announced you because also, we know we're glad we, we're, we're glad that you didn't come on last week and yet you actually took the day off. Like we're, gl- we're yeah, glad. Yeah, we, we, we talked about you and we're glowing about you. Yeah, saying well, we were very you. happy that you took the week off or yeah. the day off last week. Yeah. I'm sure she didn't take the week off. I'm sure she took uh, like half of the day off. Just like no, I'm sorry, I can't come in. I'm not working. So but anyways the. You know, the trap laws are the laws that you we've been hearing about for years now. The ones that require, you know, extra additional widths of the hallways or extra closet spaces or the seventy-two hour waiting they're, periods. They're, just, they're, or, they're made to make it more difficult to practice, so that this exactly. way the abortion clinics will eventually close their doors. Exactly, because they just can't they can't fulfill these regulations that are targeted directly to abortion clinics to trap them into closing their doors. Exactly. And and the reason is because oftentimes the trap laws that are, are passed and enforced uh, require the clinic to perhaps have more staff or mm-hmm. to, um, you know, cover costs, you know, increase fees to cover costs. And, um, you know, in the whole Women's Health versus Hallerstadt Supreme Court ruling, they found that for instance, the admitting privileges law, the Texas admitting privileges law, was unconstitutional. So this is where a physician would have to be uh, joined up or connected to a hospital yeah, they admit- to have quote-unquote admission privileges. But it doesn't make any sense whatsoever because the hospitals will typically say no if it's an abortion provider, especially if the legislature. The legislators lean on the hospital because that's where they get their yeah, so bread and butter, and so, but they don't they don't need to have their abortion provider at the hospital because if they're hemorrhaging, which is a very very rare thing to happen in an abortion, it's extremely rare. But if they were any ER doctor, it can handle. I used to be an ER doctor. I can handle. Uh, I can handle a, a hemorrhage uh, for a woman who's coming in who's having vaginal bleeding. That's just happens in the life of a New York doctor, women hemorrhage. So we yeah, know, well, but furthermore, the, it, furthermore the complication rate from an abortion is less than 1%. Yes, yeah, so I would be very clear about it. This Most, is a minor, minor thing. All physicians that are providing abortion are either OBGYN or family practice physicians. They're licensed. They're board certified. They are schooled in this procedure. Um, if a complication arises at the clinic, they can deal with it there. And if for some reason a patient has to be transferred to the hospital, they have transfer agreements. So the admitting privileges are not necessary and have fact been a very strategic um, tactic on the opposition's part. Uh, because as you said, hospitals are not granting admitting privileges. Just to remind people, um, the Louisiana admitting privileges law is now before the Supreme Court. Um, and we expect to hear something about uh, that law probably this fall. Yeah. And, and like to put it like really simply for folks is like the idea of these laws 
is to simply starve out abortion clinics clinics by making it very expensive and difficult to do business operationally and financially because if they can't outlaw abortion outright because of Roe v. Wade, what you can do is make it impossible to practice, which is essentially what Louisiana's pretty effectively done, unfortunately. Yeah, there are only three clinics in the state, uh, New Orleans, Baton Rouge, and Shreveport. Uh, so we know large swaths of the state are not being you know, provided access to care. So again, one more time, give all of your money <laughs> to the New Orleans Abortion Fund. What's, um, and then there's other funds, too. There's Lyft and, and other groups, that Planned Parenthood and other folks that are doing stuff as well. But um, what, what's next for you guys, and what do you think is next on their end? Obviously, they're trying to get this case uh, to sit in front of Kavanaugh in and, and his court. Obviously, we, we know the strategy there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, you asked me whether I was expecting this. I mean, not necessarily, except that obviously they're taking advantage of a conservative um, court now yeah, with I mean, Kavanaugh. Man, they, they, President they wasted Trump. no time in making that happen. And, I mean, and yeah, and now um, district courts that have yeah, Trump appointees. Yes, yeah. Inter- yeah, and that, that also is very And I want to remind well. folks as we come up on another presidential election, this is the consequence of not voting. For the 52% of people that decided to stay home during the election because you didn't like one candidate and you thought the other one was terrible – this is what happens. This is like these are the consequences of elections. Mm-hmm. The consequences of elections is that the president actually gets a lot to do, do a lot of stuff, yeah. and, and they get a lot of say. All these federal judges that are bringing that are making these um, these rulings and him getting two seats, maybe three. Please, someone, please wrap Ruth Bader Ginsburg in like bubble wrap for the next two years, please. <laughs> And like she can have my organs, whatever she needs. She needs a kidney. She needs a heart. Whatever. She needs a lung. She, she can have it. She whatever. She, whatever, she, whatever she needs, she can have it. She can have it. Yeah. This is a doctor right here. We can, <laughs> yeah. like, like, we can make this. We can make this work. Yeah. So you know, while I didn't expect the six week abortion ban, um, clearly we knew that there was just tremendous opportunity for the opposition to be passing all sorts of laws. Um, and and honestly, here in Louisiana, they've been doing that now did, for, for did years. Did you see when Kavanaugh got when Kavanaugh got on the bench? I mean, I, at that point, it was no surprise that this was going to happen next. Yeah, I mean, last fall, I have to say, I was. Depressed. I mean, I think <laughs> Be- we were because, all depressed when because, I, I think it was just anticipating this was going to come, right? Yeah, I mean, because not only was Kavanaugh confirmed for the Supreme Court, but the Fifth Circuit here in New Orleans upheld the Louisiana Admitting Privileges Law, yeah. um, which then sent it to the Supreme Court. So, um, yeah, it. I was pretty pretty depressed, um, and. No, but and knowing that we would also have to work on many bills this session as well. And I feel as if, um, you know, we we did everything that we always do and more like I was we testified on the constitutional amendment, um, HB 425 and the six week abortion ban, SB 184. We worked the media, did lots of interviews with media. And we also had like two really great actions. I mean, at some point a f- month or so ago, I just said enough is enough. Like it's going to be business as usual up here and I can't continue to show up in these committee hearings and begging them for my rights. And so it was then that a group of us um, kind of got together and organized that, that action there at the Capitol in Rotunda. Um, Do you want to explain that, yeah. what that action was? Yeah, it was so, very, very, very effective. Yeah, so... Uh, it made the national news. It sure did. <laughs> and so what? We, there were 10 of us that were all in white with fake blood splattered to sort of symbolize the harm that will come to women and people seeking abortion, not only from perhaps self-managed abortion, but from those that might die in childbirth. 
um, folks that probably shouldn't carry a pregnancy to term. Uh, the previous guest talked about the maternal uh, mortality rate in this state. Uh, but And then also read out a list of demands um, that included access to abortion, but also equal pay for women, a living wage of $15, Fully funding of services for women and families, including child care and early edu- childhood education, paid family leave, um, and a list of other things. Because let's, as has been mentioned, if you're going to force people to carry yeah. pregnancies to term and have children that they already know they're not prepared to raise, then the state has an obligation to ensure there are services there and programs. And with and child support should start at six weeks. <laughs> exactly. So, but as was mentioned, all those bills um, failed. But we were in the Capitol Rotunda for about 45 minutes making these demands. And then ultimately we were taken out of the Rotunda in handcuffs and, um, and charged with uh, disturbing the peace and criminal destruction of property for the fake blood <laughs> um, and the red, red sparkles. Um, I was there last week again, I mentioned, um, there to hand deliver the 400 postcards to the governor and the floors were beautiful, Kenny, polished and just, you know, as if nothing had ever happened. Well, they they did bring in the, the, the free labor they have from Angola (laughs) to clean it, which I'm going to take this moment to remind folks that in all of the buildings in the capital of Louisiana, People who are incarcerated at Angola State Prison and the are governor's for, mansion are, and the, are forced to basically be house slaves and clean and take care of it for no money at all. And that's the thing that we do in Louisiana. Oh, and what happens to the rest of the prisoners? Well, technically, those are what they would call the good, quote unquote, good ones. The quote unquote bad ones, they get to work in the literal fields right. with white dudes with shotguns on horses watching them. Louisiana in 2019. Yeah, I have to say, um, I don't know if you talked about this bill that uh, was b- debated over the weekend. It's the one that to set the minimum wage to be married. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, good Lord. I read the Did press about that. Oh, yeah. That made my... There's a, there I was a bill. So I read a bit about it. There's a bill well, that I, I was like... I read the thing about you. they are setting a... a min, they refused a bill to set the minimum age for marriage. For getting married, yeah. Right. yeah. So they're talking the about same like... Thing? Yeah, yeah, they're talking oh, about like yeah. 14-year-olds and getting married. Right, yeah. And, and we gotta wrap up. And and the reason they one of the reasons they gave was so they can get married if they get pregnant. Yeah, if they, yes, if they if have unplanned so pregnancy. Right, I read that. I couldn't believe that. That uh, we don't right. want them we to have children have, out of wedlock. Right. So we're gonna force what them to get the, married. Right. It just yeah. And yet they voted down Pat Smith's amendment to fund sex education. Right. Well, of course they do that purposely. See, that's why they year. do. It. That's By the way, shout out to Pat Smith every year. She yes, Pat Smith, and that's why they do that. They do that purposely, right? Yeah. They do that to make it difficult to live and make it difficult to live in the state. We got to wrap up. I, so, I've got two things I need to talk about real quickly. Are you cool? All right. So one is I just want to when we get we're going to be gone for four weeks. Uh, when we get back, I'm going to spend more time on doing this. But there has been an attack on journalism uh, in the last couple weeks. There was an, uh, a San Francisco journalist who was uh, uh, he was raided upon uh, his uh, at like six in the morning uh, and they the the San Francisco police took all of his uh, his equipment uh, and it was a blatant violation of California law that's called the shield law that shields um, a journalist from uh, from having to reveal their sources and of course everything that's happening with Julian Assange right now is really really terrible and I just want to remind everybody that Chelsea Manning is back in jail because she's refusing to cooperate with the uh, government uh, 
secret. What is it called? The when the they uh, prosecutor goes to a grand jury. There, there's a grand jury that Chelsea Manning is refusing to par- uh, participate in oh. to give evidence against uh, uh, Julian Assange right now. And then Trump also calls uh, uh, the media uh, or journalism the enemy of the people. Mm-hmm. Y'all, it sounds this, like a dictator to me. Right. And so please, please, please support journalism and support the uh, the free press. Lastly, I also wanted to say um, that it's Pride Month. We're missing actually Pride Month. Uh, so happy Pride Month, everybody. It's the Pride Parade. Um, uh, this, Go ahead. Two very brief things I want to say. I know everyone's talking about it. RIP to Leah Chase, a true legend in yes. Icon of New Orleans. Yeah. And also you can find more information about the New Orleans Abortion Fund at NewOrleansAbortionFund.org. Mm-hmm. Um, and last thing, y'all, vote, vote, no, vote, vote, I vote. I got the last thing. Everything that we're talking about, like 40% of the legislature is up, yes. is, is term limited. We have to replace these dudes. Let me, let me wrap up. So I just want to say that the Pride Parade is this is this week. I'm the Grand Marshal for the Pride Parade. Yes. And I just want Congrats. to say, yes, thank you. I just want to say that when that this song right here, Tell Me Why, by the Bronski Beat, when I was a boy, was an incredibly important song for me because it was the first song that uh, by the first band that was openly uh, gay and so happy Pride Month everybody uh, 